my name is Wesley. I'm from uh, originally from Mauritius uh, Church in Montreal. I'm right now in Montreal, uh, going to Norwood Church. And like uh, Florenda said, I am part of a group called Jaffa. It's uh, a French ECYC in terms of, but uh, we tend to be more uh, weekend instead of being uh, from Thursday to uh, Sunday. So we have twice a year, uh, like a Bible boot camp. And um, during these uh, weekends, we study the Word of God. We have people, uh, young people, basically French young people who comes. And every time there's a lot of new faces asking a lot of questions, things that they didn't understand. And um, we try throughout this Bible bootcamp to clarify things and so that they can continue their walk with, with God. So this is basically our work and um, with this Bible bootcamp. So before we start this seminar, I would like you to do uh, two things for me. Uh, I was in other seminars and I heard uh, some uh, phone who was ringing. So if you can turn it off for this hour, please. And every time, if you can, every time you have a moment when we are having a, a session or a devotion, I'm turning my phone also off so that you can have the example. Right? Uh, the second thing is to pray while I'm speaking. And every time you, you, you're hearing uh, somebody speaking in front here, please keep him in your prayers and also pray for yourself. Is that okay? So we can start now, right? Are you ready to get in the time of trouble? <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time to understand a little bit more about the time of trouble. Father, what are the things that we should have at the end of the day? What are the things that we should have at the end for, for, the, for this time? Because it's not when it's happened that we should learn to do things. But the preparation starts now. So please help us to get a clear idea a clear understanding, but also help us to be able to understand and put in practice what we're going to learn today. Let this be a blessing for every one of us, and let this, let this moment be a blessing for the one who's speaking as well. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Who can tell me... Uh, for you, when you hear the, the time of trouble, what do you have in mind? What's the time of trouble for you? It's a time where there's a lot of trouble, right? <laughs> All right, if this is the case, so what kind of trouble? What kind of trouble we... we so we, we heard a lot about time of trouble, right? But we don't know what it is exactly, what it looks like, what is... What, when it's going to happen and, and how it starts. And, and mostly, one of the things is we know there is a time of trouble coming and it's going to be real tough. But let's, uh, I'm going to try to go uh, throughout this hour, try to cover a couple of things. 
And um, we're going to try to see one story in the Bible that talks about the time of trouble, and we're going to try to grasp a few uh, points that we can apply to our lives and prepare ourselves for this time of trouble so that we may not be surprised by it. So when we talk about, mostly when we talk about the time of trouble, we talk, we refer to Jacob's time of trouble, which is found in Genesis 32. And also we can uh, apply it, some preachers will, will connect the, the Jacob's time of trouble with, with uh, Gethsemane when Jesus went through this moment of agony in, in, in the garden of uh, Gethsemane. So this is what we can have from the Bible and connect with the time of trouble. It seems that the time of trouble, it's, it's a time where you and I are going to go through a, a moment of really, really deep uh, pain, not physical pain, but moral pain. What I'm trying to say if, is that we're going to go through a time that we're going to have to decide if, this, if we're going to go with this or just let go of it. We will have to make a decision at that time if, we should, if we, we're going to continue to hold on to what we believe or just let go. So now the question that we can ask ourselves, when is it going to start? Do you have any idea? Yes? After probation closes. If you are taking notes, you can read Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. All right? Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, where it talks about Michael standing, and, and, and there will be a time that has never been before. When Michael stands, it means that he's ready to give judgment now. All right. You have also the story in Acts chapter seven, verse fifty-six, where it's. Uh, we're going to open the Bible, but I'm just going to try to give you the text. You can write it down and check it after if you want. But I'm going to try to move a little bit faster so when we can cover everything that we have. Uh, Acts chapter seven, verse uh, fifty-six. When uh, Stephen was stoned to death, and he had this vision when uh, uh, the Son of Man was standing at that point. And we know according to prophecy that at that time, the God was rejecting the Jews as God's people. Now everybody have access to, to what? To salvation. salvation. All right, so everybody is, can be part of God's people. So when he stands, so which means that there is something happening. When he stands, he's ready to give judgment. When a king stands, which means he's ready to say something or he has finished on making his decision. So what is time of trouble? When does it start? And now, what's going to happen during that time of trouble? What's going to happen? Revelation 22, verse 11. Revelation 22, verse 11. All right. So I'm going to just, we're going to go through some Bible text. We're going to see how it's going to be at the end. Don't be afraid of that, okay? Because after that, I'm going to give you some promises too. 
Revelation 22 verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy. And he that is righteous, let him be. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So now this is the time when Jesus stand up and say, you know what? Let everybody who wants to be unjust, let them be unjust. Because now, like you said, probation is closed. So when people are being unjust, those who were unjust and will still be unjust, do you think they're going to be treating you justly? No, right? So we can have a, a little bit of idea what's going to happen at that time, how people are going to treat each other by this statement that Jesus said. We're going to be treated unjustly. Now the second text that we're going to go through is Isaiah 26, verse 16 to 21. So we are going through some texts to see what uh, Isaiah 26 26, 16 to 21. Are we there? Mm-hmm. All right. Lord, uh, 16, to 20, 16 to 21. Lord, in trouble have, uh, have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her how do you pronounce it? Pangs. Thank you. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord? We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were brought forth, wind, and have not wrought any deliverance in the earth, neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live together with thy dead body shall they arise, awake, and sing, ye that dwell in death, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs. And the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. So he's talking about uh, pain of uh, 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 giving birth pain. All right, the delivery uh, that women go through. Jeremiah 30, Jeremiah 30, and then I'll comment on the, both of these texts that we just read. Jeremiah 30, verse 5 to 7. For thus says the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling of fear and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travel with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands in, on his loins, as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. All right, so, so the Bible is, is talking about a day that, okay, one question. Who went through uh, 
like the Bible said in verse 6, a man doeth travel with try. The Bible talks about a man um, doth travel with trial, which means he's ready to give birth. You understand what I'm saying? All right? <laughs> yes, King James. Yes, I don't know. Uh, King James is using French, so I, I'm pronouncing it like French. All right, so, so he's basically saying that this moment will be like a woman giving birth to a child. So men, we as men, we don't know what that means. And people who are not married don't know what that means. It's only people who already gave birth who knows what it means. And some people don't because we have uh, what we call epidural. Epidural, right? We don't feel it anymore, right? But this time will be the true giving birth, of the real way of giving birth to a child. So even if we don't know how it looks like, how it feels like, but the time of trouble will bring all that to you and show you what was a woman was going through during that time. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So you can imagine how it's going to be in that day. But is it important to, to have that time of trouble? Do you think it's, it, it, it's important? Let me come back to that. One of the things that were going to happen also uh, when you read John chapter 11, verse 50. John chapter 11, verse 50. Are we there? It says, No consider that, uh, let's read verse 49 so we can have uh, the, the, the setting. Um, and one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest, that same year said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, no consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole, that the whole nation perish not. So what's happening here? Now they're talking about Jesus. They, they are saying, you know what? It's preferable for, for us to let this man die so that we don't all die. So when we get to that point of the time of trouble, the people will look at us like people will, was uh, looking at Jesus at that time. They would say, you know what? If those people are put to death, it's better for this little group to die that, than we all die. Who? Oh, at the end, you mean at the end of the time? Yes, because they were saying that, you know what? We are having all these calamities, all this trouble because we are not keeping the law, which is the Sunday law. So the only people that, is not, that are not keeping the Sunday law is the Adventists, the rest, the, who are keeping the, 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 the Sabbath. So if we get rid of those people, so we will be able to get the favor of God and we won't go through those times uh, uh, more and nobody will die. You know, it's preferable that this small group die so that we are okay. So your life at the end won't mean, won't mean anything. 
now, when we read the, the chapter 30 of Jeremiah, Jeremiah talks about the time of Jacob's trouble. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't have the text, the, the, the quotes with me, but uh, the spirit of prophecy said that as the, the, the Sunday law comes in, this is the, the, uh, the time of probation is closed for Adventists. For Adventists. So we, as Adventists, we have to decide. We have to have already decided where we, we're going to be. So uh, at the end of probation for the whole world, uh, exactly, I don't have it in mind, but uh, I'm pretty sure that we have um, insights uh, of how it's going to happen at the end, but right now I don't have it in mind. I can give it to you after if you want. I can look at it. Do we know? Sorry? Do we know that our probation Yeah, that's the mark for Adventists. Uh -huh. Sunday law, as soon as it comes, we are... Yeah, we we know it's somewhere, but we don't know when exactly. Yes. I, I vaguely remember. I don't know. You lost me there. All right. <laughs> let, let's. We can talk after. All right. Let me. Let 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 let's go through this. Uh, Genesis chapter thirty-two. While Jeremiah talks about the time of Jacob's trouble, we can talk about. Genesis 32, where uh, Jacob experienced this um, moment with, with God. And we're going to try to take some, a couple of things from this story. All right, verse 22. Genesis 32, verse 22. And it says, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two ser woman servants, and his eleven sons, and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them, and sent them over the brook, and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. Let's stop here, and then we'll, we'll continue. So what's happening in the story here? What's happening with, with uh, Jacob? So he was afraid that his brother will come and kill uh, everyone in his family, including himself. So he's trying many things so that if his brother hit one part of the family, the other one can run from, uh, from Esau. But at that time, the Bible says that there's when he was left alone, he wrestled with somebody. Who is that person? Who is that person? All right, he was wrestling with a man, and then after, when we, you continue to read that, the story, he said, I've seen God face. Face and Hosea says uh, that he was rest, rest, wrestling with God. So here's the point here. When Jacob was wrestling with that angel, with Jesus, what was happening in his life? 
What was happening to him? He was wrestling, but when he touched his uh, high thigh, right, thigh, he couldn't walk, and he was holding on to the to the angel, and he didn't want to let go of that person that he was wrestling with. Because for him right now, it was a matter of life or death. Remember the, 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 the morning devotion with Jonathan? He was hanging there. Don't know what to do. It's a matter of either continue or just let go. So Jacob was having that moment with God. And, 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 and he was saying in his mind, in his, uh, in his heart, that if I let go, I can lose everything. If I don't let go, I will have something. You understand what's, what's going through his mind? So he has to keep on wrestling and hold on to that person. Even if he can't wrestle anymore, he was still holding on to, 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 to that person. Now, here's one basic principle that we have to learn before we reach the time of trouble. The one thing that we have to learn is to persevere. Perseverance. We cannot stop at some point. We cannot just drop everything and say, you know what, forget it. I'm tired of this. You know, one of the things that, that happen most of the time with Christian and also Seventh-day Adventists is that we don't have this perseverance when we pray or asking or looking for something. We are ready to give up fast. But wait a second, we have something. We are ready to give up fast on praying for something, but we are not ready to give up on something bad. Here's, there's one story in the Bible that talks about perseverance. You know in Luke chapter 18, do you know what they talk about? Luke chapter 18, you remember the story, I'm just going to paraphrase it. You know the story about the, 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 the judge that doesn't fear God? And there was a woman who comes every day to say, you know what, avenge me and, uh, of my adversary. So every day he was like bugging this king. The king was like, I don't fear God, so why should I let this woman like bugging me every day? So let's just give her what she needs so that I can sleep at peace at night, right? So he said, if a woman, if a king who doesn't fear God was able to do that for that person who's bothering him every time, don't you think that God will do something that is greater for those he loves? So why should we give up many times? Uh, early writings, page 73, paragraph 2. Uh, Sister White was talking to an angel and she said, I asked the angel why there was no more faith and power in Israel. Are you ready for the answer? He said, Ye let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. 
You want me to repeat that? <coughs> I asked the angel there was no, uh, why there was no more faith and power in Israel. He said, Ye let go of the arm of the Lord too soon. Press your petitions to the throne and hold on by strong faith. The, promise, the promises are sure. Believe ye receive the things ye ask for, and ye shall have them. What happened? We let go too soon. Let's read another story. Um, still in Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 43 and verse 44. Are we there? And it says, And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were uh, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So what happened with Jesus here? He was going through that time uh, of trouble, if we can qualify it like this. So he was going through the, that time. And the Bible says in verse 44, And being in an agony, he prayed less. Right? And being in an agony, he prayed less earnestly. That's what he said. But why don't we... Why when things happen and gets hard, we pray less? That's a basic example of being perseverance in something that you want and want to see happen in your life. When things get hard, when things get worse, don't pray less. We have the tendency to pray less when, when things get hard, right? The pressure is too much. It's, 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 it's going to be, we're going to crush by it. But, but the only thing that can keep us standing in that moment is being on our knees. Because if you look at the rest of the story, if you compare the, the story, the one who prayed was able to stand and the one who didn't pray was running away. Read the story. The disciples, what were they doing? What? Sleeping. What was Jesus doing? When the soldiers came, what Jesus did? He was standing. What the disciple did? They what? They run away. Is that a difficult equation? You pray, you're able to stand. You don't pray? When you run, you have to work on your cardio too, right? So that's the thing that we are missing is to be perseverance uh, in our desire to, to obtain what God has promised us. Uh, one quote that I want to read is, uh, oh, by the way, I have a couple of these. If you need the quotes, I can give it to you. Uh, Okay, it is taken from Youth Instructor, May 24th, 1900. Uh, there is a need of earnest work. 
that we may have strength from God to resist the enemy when he shall come in like a flood. Um, yes, we must agonize in order to subdue self, for self-ease and self-indulgence are the most deceptive of sins, stupefying the conscience and blinding the understanding. Oh, that those who have heard the testing message would awake from their sleep and no longer remain in careless indifference. We need the earnest desire of the importunate widow and the Syrophoenician woman. Do you know who is the Syrophoenician woman? It was the woman who was asking for, uh, for her daughter to be, to be healed. And Jesus said, uh, we cannot take bread and give to dogs. Remember? What did she do? She said, okay, forget it. She left, right? That's what, she, that's what happened in the story. You don't know? Okay, what happened is that she continues. She said she, that even dogs can eat from, exactly, thank you. She, she was perseverant in, in what she wanted to have. So we, she said we need that uh, to be able to uh, reach or go a determination that will not repulse. All right, so let's move, let's move quickly. I'm trying to look at the time at the same time. So it's kind of, uh, now let's read verse 26, uh, Genesis 32. So what is the first thing that we need uh, through the time as it is in, in the time of uh, uh, when Jacob was uh, wrestling with, with God? Perseverance. Why we need this? Why do we need perseverance? To stand, to be able to stand through that time. All right? It is, there's a saying, um, a, a, a quote that says, if you, um, wait, if you dwell on your knees before God, you will be able to stand before man. I think it goes like this. All right? If you, he who kneels on, uh, before God can stand before man. That's, that's, that's the, the quote, all right? So, uh, Genesis 32, verse 26. And it says, And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, he will, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Now, here's the question. Uh, the angel was... When I, when I say the angel of the Lord or the angel, I'm talking about Jesus, okay? Uh, when the angel was ready to leave and he said, you know what? Uh, let me go. And Jacob says, you know what? I won't let you go. You need to bless me first. What kind of blessing Jacob was looking for? Sorry? Safety. Interesting. It is actually. Why safety? Because of Esau. Let's read um, Genesis 32, verse 9. All right? Verse 9 to 12. And it said, And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, 
and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I pass over this Jordan, and now I, I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. So what, what Jacob is asking here? He's praying, right? He's praying. And he's asking for a deliverance from Esau. From Esau. But have you looked at the, this prayer carefully? What he's saying? He said, Lord, you said, you told me that you're going to do a uh, deal well with me. You told me that uh, you will do me good. He's basically saying, you know what, Lord, I didn't take this journey by myself. You told me to go, and I'm going. And you told me you're going to protect me. So here am I. I'm claiming those promises. And when I'm asking for a blessing, I'm just asking that you will come and fulfill your promise and deliver me from that situation. You understand? So basically, you can read that promise that God made to him in Genesis 28, all right? You can find it. You can see where, where God says, I'm going to do deal good with you. And he's basically taking God's word and apply it now in his life. So the question is, he's taking God at his word and he's claiming his what? His promise. His promise. When we think about that, when we think about that, we understand that Jacob was taking God's word very seriously. He was taking that word for something that you can stand upon. He didn't say, you know what, you promise you're going to do that, you promise this, you promise that, and then what's gonna, this is what's happening, and you know what, forget it, I don't trust you anymore. You know, I, I, I don't want to believe in what you said, all those promises that you said, you told me, just forget it. But Jacob was ready to stand on what God said because God said it. Second thing that we have to understand in the time of trouble is to always, 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 what did I say? Always, always is stand on thus saith the Lord. Stand on what thus saith the Lord. Let me go through something. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to go fast on this one so that we can finish on time. Genesis chapter 3. Let's read from verse 2. 
And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Here's what happening, what's happening in this story now. Eve, at that point, she was talking to the, to, 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 to the serpent. At that point, the serpent said, you know what? Ye shall not surely die. But wait a second. In Genesis chapter 2, God said, the day that you eat, you, you die. There's n nothing else. Like you eat is equal death, right? Now the serpent comes into the picture and say, you know what? If you eat it, you, you're not going to, you, you will not die. Now, think with me now. Eve is thinking. God said, you eat, you die. Now, the serpent is saying, you eat, you won't die. Be in Eve's mind right now. What is she thinking? Which one is lying? That's what the story said. <laughs> yeah, if, if you were Eve. But think about what's going on in Eve's mind right now. God said, don't eat, you'll die. This serpent is saying, eat, you won't die. But, but who's, who's lying? Who's, who's saying the truth? Who can I trust? Who can I put my trust in? What did she choose? To trust the serpent. And you know what? What was the only thing that Eve had to defend herself? The word of God. It was, thus saith the Lord. Don't eat, you'll die. It was not that kind of fruit that we have today uh, when you buy a bottle of, of, of uh, juice, uh, you have nutrition facts on it. <laughs> you know what? Uh, 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 protein, 100%. Uh, what else you have? Carbohydrates, whatever you have. Death, 100%. So there was nothing like this on those fruits. It was only the trust in the word of God at that time. God said, don't eat. Don't eat. This is how, this is what's happening nowadays. We are put, pushing God's word aside and try to listen many other things. We listen to philosophy. We listen to, 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 to uh, uh, science who's gone astray. But then we try to take science and, and, and compare with the word of God and, and take this, uh, uh, the God, uh, God's word and try to see if science uh, is okay with that. And if science is okay with that, then we're going to accept it. If science is not okay with that, let me ask you a question, all right? What proof science can bring you to tell you to keep 
Sabbath holy. Do we have scientific proof to, to, to prove that? There are things that, is, that are in the words of God. We don't have science to back us up, to back the Bible up. But God said, we just do. Are you still with me? Okay, you look nice but lost. Uh, <laughs> here's here's what's, what's, what's happening. All right? When God asks us to do something, how do we value those words? How do we value the Word of God? That's what we the question that we have to ask ourselves. How do I value the words of God? Um, I, I'm, I'm just looking at the time, and, and I don't think we're going we're gonna to go through a lot of things. But I'm going to give you some text, okay? Uh, just write it down, and then you can check it at home. Uh, Titus 1, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Titus chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. You have Hebrew chapter 6, verse 18. And then you have Psalms 119, verse 160. These two verses, Titus and Hebrew, says that this is um, Titus chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Hebrew chapter 6, verse 18. Uh, Psalms 119, verse 160. Okay? So these two, the first two verses talks about God who cannot lie. All right? So which means that His word is what? If He can't lie. His word is truth, right? And Psalms 119 talks about uh, the word of God being the foundation. Uh, is truth from the foundation. So which means that it is a solid ground where you can build your faith. All right? So this is God's truth. This is God's word, and God cannot lie. Uh, from the story of redemption, page 99, uh, paragraph 2. All who desire the blessing of God, as did Jacob, and will lay hold of the promises, as he did, and be as earnest and persevering as he was, will succeed as he succeeded. Uh, page 99. All right. Page 99. Those who will hold on to the promise of God as Jacob will succeed as he succeeded. Uh, I would like to continue because there's something that is uh, that I find interesting. Um, where is it? Right, let me read that from here. The, that faith which will leave the same, uh, the same book, the same page. That faith which will leave through the time of trouble must be daily in exercise now. Did you get it? 
uh, story of redemption, page 99. She continued and she said, that faith, uh, I'm repeating what I just said, that faith that will live through the time of trouble must be daily in exercise now. It's not when the, this time of trouble comes and, and then we'll say, you know what, we, we're going to be ready. We are ready. You know, I used to play soccer uh, in, in, uh, when I was at school, but after when you leave school, sometimes you don't have time to play soccer. You are more working and doing other things, right? So you lose your cardio and, and, and many things. Like you, 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 you think you still have it. You still have it. But for how long, we don't know. So one, the first time I think I played soccer here in Canada, after a long time I played soccer. So I was, I was, I always play in the middle. I was, the first five minutes, I was running, I was like, you know, I was flash on that, on that field. Trying to play with the ball and, and, and trying to, the ball and you know after five minutes I'm like hey you want to be to play I want to be goalie because I was singing grace grace God's grace my heart was pounding because I thought I had it I thought I was you know I was still okay but that moment made me realize that listen if you don't practice don't think when the the game is on now you're gonna practice don't think when the time of trouble is on, then you're going to practice your faith in the Word of God. We have to experience and practice this now. Practice it now. It's not later. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm jumping uh, from many things, but the last thing I, I think it's important as well. Verse 28. Genesis 32. Genesis 32 verse, what did I say? 28. And he said, thy name, okay, 27 said, and he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel as for for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Let me ask you a question. Who was asking the question in this verse? Who? God. He was asking what? What's his name? Let me ask you a question. Is God omniscient? Is God omnipotent? Is God omnipresent? Okay, why did he ask the question then? If he knows everybody's name. Why he has to ask Jacob, what's your name? He, would, he could have said, you know what? I know you. You're Jacob. Right? The deceiver, the supplanter. All right, come, I'll bless you. But he asked the man his name. Like, like, think with me. Is it possible that God doesn't know his name? 
Is it possible that God doesn't know my name? Why do you think God asked that question? The answer is found in Genesis chapter 27. Verse 18. Are you there? Genesis 27, verse 18. 18. All right, and it said, And he came to his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. What did he come for at this point? For, for what? Say it loud. Why are you afraid? To steal the blessing, to have a blessing. But now when God was asking him his name, one of the things that God was trying to remind him, the last time you took a blessing, you took it under the name of Esau. Now I want to know who is asking for that blessing. Is it Esau or Jacob? There are many Christians like that today. We put on clothes. We put on Esau's attitude. Put on Esau's voice, smell, and then try to ask for a blessing to God. We have people pretending to be what we think they are. But in fact, it is just a Jacob hiding behind Esau's clothes. Sometimes it appears that many Christians are going through the same thing. We try to give a facade of who we thought people would like. But in fact, inside of us, there's this kind of Jacob who's wrestling, who's just here. But because I'm a deacon, because I am a, a Sabbath school uh, a, 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 a teacher, because I'm a preacher, because I'm a pastor, because I'm an elder, because I am somebody at church, I have to put on this facade. But then we realize that God cannot bless a fake person. It's only when we are real, we are honest with him, then Jacob was able to receive his blessing. When Jacob said, I am Jacob, I am the supplanter, I am the deceiver, I am the person who stole that blessing, then God was able to Give him that blessing. There are people today who's, who's, who's following God and, and, and who's trying to, to, to do everything that God required. But then if you just remove the judgment, they will go back to their sin. So let me ask you a question. Uh, do you really, really hate sin? Or just because we don't want to go through judgment that we are keeping the Sabbath? Worshipping God, 
trying to do what God requires to do? What's the motive behind all what we do today? What's, what's the purpose of all these things that we are doing? I, I don't know if I should go through it or not. Are you guys fast? Are you fast? If, if you're fast, we're going to go through it. Right? It's just a couple of verses. I'm going to just show you something interesting. Yeah. All right? Let's move. Matthew 24. All right? Matthew 24. Uh, we, this one, Matthew 24 talks about what? The, 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 the end time, right? Yeah. All right? The signs also. Okay. I was asking the question, like, okay, you, sh you, you, you should be fast, okay, with, with that last part. Uh, uh, Matthew 24, verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So if you continue to read this, this, this chapter, there's a lot of things that Jesus would say, but he will repeat those things Many times, there, there shall be uh, many false prophets, false Christ, and then false prophet and false Christ who will come and deceive you. So, which means that there are people, there will be people who will pretend to be spiritual, who will try to get your confidence and try to get you to believe what they believe and then put you in a, in what? In the wrong direction. Because deceive, uh, somebody who is deceived is what? What is deceive uh, actually? What being deceived means? Lie to. Okay. Uh, 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 all right. Let's give a definition of deceive. Uh, but turn in the meantime, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. 7, verse 15. Deceive means, if I can put it in a simple way, is to change somebody's mind. Do you get it? To change somebody's mind. If you read chapter 3 of Genesis, how Eve saw the fruit? It was death, right? It was death. After the serpent talked to her, the verse 5 or verse 6, she said, uh, the Bible said she saw that the fruit was good before it was death, but now it's good. Before it was death, now it's good. Her mind was changed. That's deceiving. All right? So many people will come and deceive uh, many. Pretend to be spiritual. All right? How many minutes do you have? Okay. All right. Take those verses and go look at it for yourself, all right? Because uh, I have to finish. That's what I've been told. Matthew 7, verse 15, a wolf under the sheep's clothing. Matthew 23, verse 25 to 28. Matthew 23, verse 25 to 28. Uh, there is uh, when Jesus was warning to, to, to the Pharisees and, and the, and the uh, priests that they, they, he was saying that you pretend to, you have a, a facade, but you're not the real thing, right? 
And, and Revelation 13, verse 11 to 14, this is the dragon behind the, 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 the look-alike lamb, if you will. And 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13 to 15, Satan disguised in an angel of light. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 to 15. So basically what's happening here is you see a couple of verses that shows that there are somebody who's pretending to be somebody else. If you go through these verses. But at the end of the day, the real thing is bad. So if today we are just pretending to be somebody that we are not, we are just practicing to be one of Satan's servants. You, you understand what I'm saying? We are just practicing to be one of his so that we can deceive others. So the last thing in the time of trouble, what we need to consider now and that we need to work on now is to just be real with God is to just be real with God. You know, I, I, I used to go to church, you know, having a nice tie, nice shirt, nice, nice pants, and, you know, nice suit sometimes. And, you know, when you, you, you get to church, you, you feel like, you know, because you know a little bit of the Word of God, you, you're okay, you're better than people. And, and people look at you that you, they think that you are better, that you're you know, you're spiritual. But then I realized through that story, and before I was doing, uh, I, I, I saw this, this, uh, this message, and I realized that God knows everything, so why should I go to church and try to pretend to be somebody else? Even in the church, we pretend to be somebody else. Who are you going to see at church? Who are you going to, to see and meet? The, the pastor? The elder? Who? Your friends? What's the, the, the only purpose, the, o the main goal of you going to church on Sabbath? Sorry? Are you sure? You're not sure. No, be sure what you're saying, right? Be, be sure. All right, you are going to worship God. You are going to meet God. You are going to have a relationship with God. You are going to, 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 to have this moment with God. If you are going to see God and have this moment with God, do you think He knows really who you are? Of course. But why should we pretend? So my prayer was, was when I get into when I walk in church now, I don't walk the same that I used to walk before. I'm coming into your presence. You know who I am really. I don't want to pretend. I don't want to be a fake Christian. But I just want to be myself and be ready for your blessing. Because I am here to be blessed like Jacob. So my prayer for every one of us at this time is that remember three things perseverance what's the second one thus saith the Lord always stand on the word of God and the third things be real honest 
with God. And that's how. Uh, 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 one thing, though, it starts now. Don't wait for the end time, for the time of trouble to practice those things. Be it now. Start working on it and ask God to help us to go through it. I didn't have time to uh, read all the quotes that I have here, but it's still available for, for you guys. But before we, we separate, just all, let's just, just stand and, and say a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come to you at this time not trying to pretend to be somebody else, not trying to be um, someone else in front of you. What's the purpose? You know everything. You can read hearts and even thoughts. That's why, Father, we come as Jacob came to ask for that blessing that we need. To ask that you will help us, Lord, to start exercise our faith now so that when we come to the time of the end, we won't be surprised by ourselves. We won't be able to say, I didn't know I, I was like that. Because if we know who we are now, then we can work on it with your grace and try to reflect your character in every possible way. Please, Father, we need you at this time. Do not pass us by during that conference, but give every one of us the blessing that we have come for and lead us so that at the end of this conference, we don't go out, Father, after being revived, go out and die again. But please, revive us again and keep us alive until you come. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.